Welcome to the Biz Bros Podcast. My name is Kyle Nelson. Got my co-host here, Mr. Eli Libby. Beautiful day here in Central oh, Oregon. Yeah. It's going to be cold one. finally. It is, finally. God, we haven't had so much nice. rain or snow. Yeah. We always give you the weather update. I know. Yeah, yeah, we're we're weather, man. yeah. <laughs> so uh, we have an awesome conversation. We are very Absolutely. lucky to have James Somerville on our mm-hmm. um, on our podcast today. When we talk about his background, everyone will be jogged up. He is a, an yes. amazing creative individual, has tons of experience. We're really excited. But first, let's roll that intro video. It's perfect. That was awesome. And then you want to do this rose one, so we'll have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yep. Cool. What's going on? Welcome to the Biz Pros Podcast. My name's Kyle Nelson. I've got my great co-host and good friend here, Mr. Eli Lynn. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you, Kyle. It's the episode, man. Today, man. Absolutely. We're really Wait. excited for this episode. We've got a great yep. Absolutely. Number two, clear, simple Why? images. Amazon summer. The first thing that I'm following about in this article is really looking for that initial question. You need to be thinking about product photography and video production. All right. Well, first we want to give a big sponsor to our uh, sponsor. Shout out to our sponsor. To our, just big, big shout out to our sponsor. Altitude Beverages, yes. everything latte, oat milk, CBD, and superfood. We got some lion's mane, some reishi, some chaga. If you have not been fueled by Altitude yet, you need to get yourself some. Go to altitudebev.com and uh, get fueled like we are. Absolutely. So without further ado, we are very excited to have Mr. James Summerfield. Uh, Somerville, excuse me, on our podcast, founder and chief designer of the Known Unknown, a global design community. James is a brand design and marketing aficionado. He's the former VP of global design for the Coca-Cola Company. He's spoken at 200 plus events in 30 countries about design, brand strategy, entrepreneurship, and company culture. So check this out. At Coca-Cola, James led design thinking, brand design execution of 40 plus identities designed the Coca-Cola one brand strategy implemented in 200 plus markets and led partnerships with some of the biggest companies there is out there like Disney, Marvel, Google, and Star Wars. So get ready to talk to a humble, intelligent, and gentle creative who is passionate about design and starting small. Mr. James Somerville, welcome to the Biz Bros Podcast. Awesome. Kyle, you like? Great. Thanks for having me. This is uh, fantastic. And that drink sponsored there, I'm feeling a bit thirsty now, so I'll have to go. I know. I know, man. We, we, we said it every time. We should be sending uh, some of this because that this is the same thing. It is really good it's, stuff. It's a great beverage. Um, Pretty good branding. The branding and dial. Yeah, I'd be curious to see your thoughts on this. So, well, hey, thanks for being here, James. Uh, I think this is going to be one of the one of the best shows that we've had simply because of your background. And we, we can tell the energy. We can see the humbleness behind in the intro stuff that too. So thanks again for being here. And uh, really excited to talk to you. So yeah, let's dig let's dig in, James. Let's talk a little bit about your background in design and entrepreneurship and company culture and brand strategy. Like, how did that all start? Where was that tipping point for you? Where like this is what I'm doing for my life? I guess uh, as a kid, I was doodling too much at school, getting into trouble for the doodling on on our on our uh, school books, and <laughs> yeah. you know there was a natural tendency for me to uh, you know, not talk. I was an introvert, mm-hmm. but actually communicate through through some level of artwork, if you like. So wow. uh, at, the, at the end of that high school era uh, uh, period, I was really pushed and encouraged by my teacher to go to art school because academically, <laughs> I wasn't really hitting the grades. So that was kind of the beginning of my 
formalizing what what had been maybe you know uh, it came quite natural but actually seeing it as potentially something i could do okay wow, wow so cool so moving forward you started developing more um foundation in terms of how you apply all of this to actual corporations right yeah it was a blend of uh my i guess my artistic side and i've always been encouraged and loved business i don't know mm -hmm. if i you know uh there's a quote out there somewhere that inverts it. You know, I don't know if I'm a, a good artist who loves business or I'm actually mm. a good businessman who could who can draw. So I think that fusion of the two and, and in my teen years, I was a street artist. So we were chalking on the streets in the UK oh, cool. and it's like a busking. You know, we did, we're not playing the instrument, but yeah. hoping yeah. that people might, you know, throw a few coins in the hat. And, and so that was a sort of trying to sort of move it forward to something that, you know what we may say today how are you going to monetize this so i was like okay i'm, mm -hmm. major, I'm on the street that's the only way i know how okay wow that is amazing so how did you get involved with um the coca-cola company where did that well, start so, the that? yeah prior to coke so i started an agency with a friend uh friend best friend from art school called simon in 1986 we were 19 years okay. old um you know, no money, no experience, just some street art money. And, uh, and with the help from a charity in the UK, the Prince's Trust. Uh, so they help, you know, young, budding, but need, they need a little bit of a help up. So they allowed us to, uh, to, to fund by uh, funding us with 2000 UK pounds. That was our seed fund. And nice. uh, we invested in Apple immediately. And we started in my grandmother's attic bedroom. And we call the agency Attic, you know, so it's like, you know, um, not, not too strategic, right? <laughs> this is a good name. Um, so that ran for 25 years. And I think oh, what wow. we what we what we did in that journey was just kind of really learn more than design, more about survival, quite honestly. So we, you know, we're independent, we are riding the wave of the economy like everybody mm. out there, and just trying to sort of like, you know, do great work with great clients. And over that right. period, we sort of like sharpened our, our skills and that was the journey before coca-cola and um, okay. so i think the entrepreneurial start to my life yeah. was really laid the foundation for right. what was then was then thrusting me into uh, the world of uh, of of a corporation like coca-cola wow that's amazing that is so cool how the evolution of being able to kind of bootstrap get started and 25 years later then you're working with uh, yeah, one I mean, arguably the biggest brand in the world, right? Yeah, and you're 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 the head of global design. So I do have a question for you. What is it about brand and, and, and brand design that that gets you moving? And what is it about brand design for companies? And why is it so important for them? Well, I think at a high level, I I see it less about graphic design or or a, or a TVC or a Super Bowl <laughs> or a billboard. These are just the sort of tangible things, the visual and the audio things that we see and also digital. Ultimately, I think what, what I was passionate about was the storytelling. And storytelling yeah. can show up in, 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 in a logo. It can show right. up in, in a Super Bowl spot. But the storytelling for me is the, is the thread that can connect everything across all those different touch points. Mm. That makes a brand for consumers like we are it makes right. us kind of like you know a little bit more connected emotionally connected as well as a great product yeah. i tend to feel it here as well as up here when i when i engage and i think the great great brands do that they they right. manage yeah. Yeah. like cut across all those and tell great stories it feels authentic and uh, and, and we like that i think certainly today after the last two years we need that it, it right. grounds everything and we believe it 
That is so cool. Has the story um, behind Coca-Cola, has that always been part of the DNA behind Coca-Cola, or is that something that you helped um, bring into the brand, which is that story? Because every piece of content you see that is put out by Coke today, I feel it's like has a storyline. It's a very like, emotional, human connection behind it. Was that always in the DNA, or was that something you helped bring into the company? I think uh, so. Certainly, I joined the company when it was 125 years old, and and I had um, indeed I I had imposter syndrome walking in on my first day, marble entrance at the world headquarters. Right. What could a small guy like me from the outside even bring, standing on the shoulders of giants who have done everything in marketing uh, right. that you can imagine? So absolutely, storytelling has been part of the DNA of the brand since since the beginning of time. Um, what what I felt my role could be was to not necessarily change the stories, but make the stories relevant to. So, okay, we would have listened to it, our grandparents, our parents, our grandparents, everybody over that period right. of time. But how do we make it relevant to a young adult or a teenager or someone who's not heard that yeah. story before? So mm. we all That's love cool. stories. We, we were all six once and our parents may have read to us before bed. And mm -hmm. as adults, we still love that. So, but, but the stories... Um, don't necessarily evolve, but they the way we present them can evolve. And that was something that I was really interested to carve out. How can we, you know, tell the stories the same, the same but in a new way, in a fresh way? Yeah. That is really cool. Right. It's a great point because, like yeah. you said, the brand is so old that um, generations. Yeah, generationally, yeah, they know what the story is. But the new markets that you talked about, they don't know the story. So being able to tell them that story right. is very cool. Just out of curiosity, because I know you have insight, <clears throat> what is the culture like? Yeah, at Coca-Cola. Well, I, I mean, firstly, I, I, it was so difficult for me to move on because of uh, the people. Uh, I think the people make the brand. Uh, but oh, then, yeah. but then, if I look at the, uh, the the how it's split, you have people who know the brand so well. They've been right. there twenty or thirty, maybe even thirty-five years. Right. They started on a Coca-Cola truck, and, yep. and today they're a SVP of something. So you have these sort of like uh, uh, lifers in a way that really understand. And then you have a, a, a second or third wave of people who are very fresh to the brand, have not got that legacy. But actually the fusion of two, the yin yang of like really understanding and being able to teach us about the, the past, but actually the, the dynamic nature of um, outsiders uh, coming in yeah. with a completely unblinkered, a completely new perspective. Um, and that that sort of provides, it's grounded. And, and Coke used to say, we used to use this kind of phrase, it needs to be familiar yet surprising. Okay. And you'll notice every holiday or every World Cup cool. or every FIFA, it, we, we like to see something. Okay, check. We know it's Christmas. The, the truck is coming. But at the same time, it can't just be the repeat of last year. Um so we, we like the familiarity of a brand because it makes us feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. But we also like to feel that this brand is still moving forward, still progressing, right. because we are. So I think when you look at the culture, you have the familiar and those people right. who have been there uh, for many years and bring, and bring that knowledge and that memory. Um, but then you have the surprising of those people like me yeah, who right. are a little bit more naive. Like, hey, let's do that. We've never done that. Sure. So mm -hmm. the blend is, is what I really That's enjoy. Cool. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, that is, it's cool to have inside one of the largest companies in the year. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, So let, let's dive That's into good. the topic. Yeah, wow. so creative, a creative survival guide in a corporate environment. 
So just hearing that, let me know what it's like to be a creative in a corporate environment. That, yeah. There must be some kind of barrier or something because mm -hmm. you know there you got to stay within your lane, but also you have to think out here and innovate, right? Absolutely. And you know, I was in there to do a job around sort of the leading <laughs> brand design, so that would show up on naturally on packaging. Right. You know, the touch points that we see out there from any brand in the supermarket or wherever. I think what I felt after six months that there was a bigger opportunity here and and actually design something that would not be seen on a shelf or a cooler. Um, mm. And in many ways, we'll talk about we talk about the what's in the house. Uh, the what's are the cans and bottles and, you know, artworks that you'll see out there. But for right. me, what I felt was the creative opportunities, how we will work how we will get to that end result and that's the that's the intangible it's the it's the process it's right, the yeah. way we work and engage and so for me i thought that that on on uh, as well as great graphic and brand design yeah. um, but if we can rewire and rethink how we work as a design team then that's got Very to be good for yeah. for the business going forward and so i saw that as a really uh, interesting creative brief that is it's such a cool way to think it's a totally different kind of different yeah i'm just so curious like you know with with the size of the company they have these coca-cola is coca-cola everyone knows it everyone knows the stories and yeah. and beverages how how are you able to even like that's kind of a funny question but <laughs> figure out the innovation around branding that right like moving it forward into new markets yeah. and 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 changing you know like how do you help with one brand strategy like tell i guess tell us a little bit about that because i feel like that's kind of where i'm going so, so i'll take you back for a second to when we founded attic age 19 myself and simon in grandmother's attic we're age 19 we have no business uh acumen we have no money but we wanted right. to think big think big act big we're very naive we were very, uh, you know, sort of like, you know, and, and but that was part of the 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 uh, teenage mm -hmm. bravado. I yeah. flipped the switch when I got the book. What could I bring? So we're going to think small, act small, move fast, and actually not not be not be overwhelmed by this huge system right. that 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 can take time to put something in market like a year. How can we get something mm -hmm. in market in two weeks? And, yep. and actually almost software thinking and design thinking is iterate and speed will trump per perfection. So um, by thinking small and thinking in smaller teams and moving quicker, I think you're, you, you have almost, mm -hmm. you also have permission uh, by the organization, but you also have the opportunity to try things out and, and, and move them aside or, right. or improve them if they're not. And I think that was quite different at the time because, you know, Coke might design something for, 12 months and then it lands and you know it's a big um, show but there's also the smaller things that you can the lower hanging fruit that you can move uh, much faster at. that's really cool i think that's really cool that there's a there's a culture like that because that is the startup in the entrepreneur mentality which is move right. fast fail fast which i think is such a right. such a key point and it sounds like you guys are doing that that's a great a great piece of the guy a good example of that and you can google this um google the coca-cola love can so this is 2017 um, in Australia. The Australia team called, uh, you know, the global global design team and said, "Hey, we <laughs> want to put a plan out into into market to support." Then the country was going to vote for same-sex marriage, and many brands were coming out, and it was hashtag say yes. Uh, they did a can, and it, was, it just said love on it, and it was fine. But they sent it to us, and I felt uh, with one of my colleagues, 
this is a great opportunity to, to use the Coca-Cola script that incidentally had okay. never been allowed to be used for any other word than Coca-Cola. So trademark mm. wouldn't allow the lawyers mm. and legal team. We scripted it out. But because of the word love, which is timeless, it, it crosses all boundaries. It will still be part of the DNA of every yeah. family on the planet in 100 years and every brand. It felt right. like it wasn't a fashionable word. And in 11 days, we scripted it. I lobbied uh, legal counsel. They approved it. It was printed. It was on a can. And it was in the hands wow. of a consumer in 11 days. So it oh, just was crazy. The giant organizations, can, when they want to move fast, they can just like an entrepreneur and a, and a startup. Oh my gosh. Wow. And is that, is that the design and the, the drawing right behind you? For the, the viewers oh, uh, yeah, watching yeah, here? Yeah, is you it right there? Yeah, look at that. And there's, nice. the, uh, there's the script. And because when it was on can, it's such a familiar yeah. Spencerian uh, yeah. script. We, mm -hmm. we know subconsciously in the supermarket, wherever, that, that that's reading Coca-Cola, even though it doesn't say it. So, right. you know, that's the power of any amazing oh, iconic book that yeah. that actually can project and and we just we just don't need to read it anymore we just visualize it process it and we know who that is that is so cool that is so cool mind-blowing yeah so um outside of coca-cola what are yeah. some other kind of like, what are you working on now uh or even some cool other projects that kind of um, speak to this um kind of creative survival guide outside of coca-cola yeah. is there anything else that you have in terms of that yeah, so I think you know on on um, on leaving Coke, my 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 sort of thinking was, how do we reinvent the creative agency? Should it even be an agency? Mm -hmm. So if you imagine mm -hmm. at, at Attic, I spent twenty five years pitching to clients, trying to survive and win yeah. with my partners, and then the five years at Coca Cola, it felt like I was we were constantly being pitched to. So I saw mm -hmm. I, I referred to myself as poacher turned wow. gamekeeper. Um, okay. I understood both sides of the table. And I thought, right, what, what would the agency of the future look like? For me, it was more around, it was in 2018 when I, when I uh, departed Coke, I was looking for a model that was distributed, that was remote, that was community-based. Yeah. And it was a very difficult sell in the first 12 months. Nobody, like, people mm -hmm. were like, oh, where's your cool studio in Brooklyn or London somewhere, right? You must have a space. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, oh. I'm in, I'm in a bedroom and I have a network of talents. Right. Um, yeah. And I wanted to give unknown designers a chance to work on known brands. So I, I called it Known Unknown as a project. Um, and of course, in, in, COVID came along. Nobody ever questioned yeah. my model after that. I mean, it was just, it became normal for us all. And, and now we have over 5,000 amazingly talented people from 100 countries. Uh, and and wow. we, draw down, we draw down the team that is yeah. required to deliver on, on the needs of the brief rather than, uh, you know, an agency that I, I, I pay for, because I, I did that agency yeah. thing and I need to use this group of people that are my FTE. Right. So it's a different model, much more fluid, much more distributed, but um, it seems like, you know, clients are really, brands are really looking for that level of diversity and talent spread. Yeah. We coordinate that and uh, that's, you know, that's where I see a huge growth opportunity. Couldn't agree more. I mean, we're seeing that too in, in our daily work, looking for more diversity, uh, real people, different things like that from a talent perspective. Um, so, so that I understand it right, so if you have a brand that approaches you guys, you are looking at the 5,000 kind of designers you have and you are handpicking them based on what the brand kind of style guide is and what they're looking for? Yeah, there's different levels of uh, engagement. 
There's also a subscription okay. model. We'll, 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 we'll have a model next year where you could go swim around and, and find the talent. Uh, yeah. A lot of times don't have time and don't have even the capability or, or, or want to do that. So we can curate. We could lead the project. Mm -hmm. So there's like, you know, light yeah. touch, medium touch, heavy, heavy, heavy mm -hmm. handholding. So we're trying yeah. to sort of design it so we don't need to sort of own everything that the brand has. It can be an in and out. Um, and then we've launched our digital token for our design community, which we we call known and known design operating system. But the, the coin is called Kudos. Um, and we flip, we flip kudos to designers who help other designers. Our oldest is 85. Our youngest is 18. And in our, in, in our, in our community uh, uh, website forum, they'll help each other. And so we can just sort of breathe uh, new, new ways of, quote, rewarding, saying thank you, giving kudos. And clients can come in. And so different ways cool. of and entry points is what we're trying to, uh, is trying to sort of create. It's phenomenal. That's yeah. Really I, I mean, just from this this conversation, I mean, mm -hmm. I, I can really tell like the the way you look at branding is just like it's amazing. Like it's simplistic, simple messaging, but so powerful. Mm -hmm. Like known unknown. Yeah. That exactly. Once you explain that to me, it's like it's a no brainer. Like you said. Yeah. Don't you have a cool Brooklyn studio? No, because we're trying to have the known and the, it, it, very cool, very cool. Well, kudos to you. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, many brands, they ask, okay, we're going to go through rebrand. And, you know, um, I was engaged by Ford, the Ford Motor Company. And what, what happens over a decade is it organically becomes an uh, uh, overgrown. I was asked by the CEO, James, I, I, would you say uh, in branding, is, is the Ford Motor Company a forest or a garden? And they put me on the spot at a town hall. And I said, it's a garden, but it's an overgrown garden. And in 10 years, you know, no one's cut the grass, weeded, you know, trimmed the, trimmed the, uh, the foliage or replanted. And so over time, a, a decade or 20 years ago, it was a beautiful garden. But today it's just so all we need to do is, is do some weeding, get down right. to the core, get down to what makes a brand magical again and start with sim those simple distinctive assets, as we might we might refer to them as, um, and then build out and then control it. The gardener has been in done some work and then allow that to grow but at right. a with, with curation and uh, uh for the next decade so quite often i think a designer's role is just kind of like sure. filtering through all that and selecting the gemstones that we need to retain but putting certain things aside as well i love that we're all about analogies and that one was a phenomenal was phenomenal really analogy um james uh well, i'm super curious what, what in your mind what is the foundational like concrete foundation of Ford. You said kind of bringing it back and weeding it out. What is that foundation of Ford from your eyes? Well, I think so on a, on a, on a design, on, an, on a visual level, you yes. will draw yeah. the, the assets that we know so well. So uh, the logo mark, the blue oval, the Ford yeah. script, yeah. Uh, the color, the color yeah. blue, the, you know. Yeah. After that, you, you would then say, well, the icons of the brand are, you know, the Mustang or, or, or the Bronco. Uh, so you'd move across to nameplates. But for me, if yeah. you look under the visual, uh, um, kind of uh, immediate visuals that we know of brands, you've got to look for the purpose. You've got to look for what does the brand stand for? That's really the foundation. Or that's the foundation of the foundation. Um, because that, you know, c colors can come and go. Campaigns will definitely come and go. Products will come and go. But the foundation in 50 years. And for me, when I look at a brand like Ford, and everybody has a different, you know, take on every brand. Mm -hmm. I, I think of a brand that I trust. 
you know, they're brand that are always there. They step up when they need to step up. So, you know, and there'll be more, there'll be more words like that in their, in their brand foundation. But, you know, it's this, this allowing, I'm sure Henry Ford was all about this freedom of movement um, as, yeah. as, as the automobile came into our lives. So this, th- those should never change. And guys like me will come along with new graphic design and campaigns, but that yeah, foundation yeah, yeah. is what is, should be around in, in a century from now. And I, I go to sort yeah. of those, those very powerful and strong and meaningful words as the, as the, the, the real core. I love that. I just wanted to really hear what your, your thoughts are on, on a brand. Similar to Coke, where it's been around for, for so long and hearing what, um, when companies rebrand, what are they doing and how are they looking at uh, yeah. their existing foundation to sculpt that rebrand yeah. and pull the weeds, like you said. Well, this is amazing. Like, like you mentioned, a, the brand foundation will mm-hmm. always walk with it, even though there's going to be other campaigns and other yep. product launches and service launches, whatever it may be. But at the end of the day, the Brown's foundation is so strong. Mm-hmm. Um, like you just, you just started talking the the logo and the icon and the things that Ford is is, is known for, and it just like the triggers in my brain are just like, yeah, yep. I can see it, I can feel it, I can, you know, build Ford tough. Like mm-hmm. I just know it. But uh, branding's amazing. The power of branding is we it's, love branding. It's amazing. Right. Huge. Um, I, I, a Coca-Cola project was called, you know, Taste the Feeling. And, you know, mm-hmm. I was charged with the team to create um, the visual look for, for billboards. So this is a more of a photographic mm-hmm. uh, exercise. And my, my, my approach to that was what, so I'd spent a lot of time in the archives at Coca-Cola, probably too much time. I loved it down there. Um, and I saw a lot of Norman Rockwell paintings that he did uh, for the brand, as you can imagine. Uh, so I thought, what if, so the style could be, what if Norman Rockwell had Instagram? Mm. We have the storytelling of a Rockwell. That's interesting. The, the human connections, the, the 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 body language in a painting yeah. that he was so he's just so good at. Uh, but mm-hmm. it's instantaneous and it's and it's immediate and it's appealing to a twenty-year-old, not a not a not a nineteen-forties painting. So what if you could mash those two things together? How would that look? So there's a this back to the familiar surprising yeah. there's an element of it feels contemporary vintage so then a 50 60 year old coca-cola consumer can go mm-hmm. i reckon that feels like when i was young um i can see those young kids now because that mm-hmm. was me in the 60s but a young teenager 12 13 14 year old can go i want to be the, that dude or that girl or i want to be in that group when i get to 1920 they're looking up or looking down i think that little kind of you know blend of Past and present, but taking history and doing new things with it. That's so good. That pumps me up. I love it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, James, as we kind of wrap things up, if there's one thing that you hope our audience takes away from from this episode, what would that be? Well, it's an overused word, but I think in terms of branding and and one question I get often, especially now, and you guys will know this, like, Mm -hmm. hey, James, you know. what about personal branding? Because everybody now online, we've all we all have our personal brand. That wasn't around a decade ago. But ultimately, yeah. I think the one thing that connects everything is just being authentic and real. Um, it's just yeah. you know whether you are a hundred-year-old brand or you're a startup, whether you're a personal brand or looking to be like maybe more of an influencer. I think you know right. you know what I call it the back of pack. 
So we're now in the supermarket, we pick up the cereal, we pick up the Coke, and, we're, and as consumers now, we're interested in the ingredients. We're interested in the story. You have to get those ingredients and that story right on every level because the front of pack is what draws us in. The back of pack is where that consumption is. So don't ignore the back of pack. It's not something that is just the, the legal and, uh, and, and the yeah. nutritional panel. It's potentially more important sometimes than the front of pack. Love it. This is actually one of the best shows we've ever done. That's phenomenal. Um, usually wrap it up. I have one more question. Uh, could you just talk a little bit more about the archives? I, I, just, I, was, I, I heard you mention that, and I'm just so curious. What What is that? You said down at the archives at Coca-Cola. Yeah, I kind of imagine this little dungeon staircase. I'm thinking You're like, down yeah. There, like, the library, dusty old books. Yeah. I mean, for, for someone... Uh, <laughs> For someone like me who doodled at school, this is a treasure yeah. trove of everything oh, yeah. you can ever imagine. Uh, the archives team go out into the world and and try and you know uh, purchase back any. So many people that have collected Coca-Cola memorabilia. So oh. it's this. It's this. Uh, it is actually it was actually in the basement in the dungeon. But but for me, with the inspiration there, um, I used to pull ads out from the 30s, 40s, 50s, wow. 60s. Great art directors, yeah. great work, great paintings back earlier. And then I give them to designers of today and say, you know, reinterpret that poster from 1964. What do you see? Um, and so the story's there, but it's through fresh eyes. So the archives are an amazing, just kind of like a, a landscape or football field of, of inspiration. Then not just, just the old ads and photos right. and bottles. They really should inform the future. Um, not to be, not to walk consumers down memory lane, but actually right. just to fuel some innovation for for the next chapter. That's the way I see yeah. it. Cool. Thanks for sharing. I, I just heard you drop that earlier, and I'm like, I yeah, it's totally okay. <laughs> well, awesome, James. Well, um, if they want to learn more about known and known, or kind of follow you and your brand, where where is that that they can find that? Well, again, I'm, I'm looking to sort of, you know, try new things. Uh, you know, we launch our known and known NFT uh, marketplace uh, early next year. We've introduced wow. a crypto coin. We have a community. And sure, we can do branding. So it's really the amalgamation of, of, of crypto, creators, community. Can't think of anything else with the C. But, you know, that, 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 that melding pot where we can come together, sprint on something, solve something. And, you know, who knows? You know, we, 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 we see a lot of potential there. And, uh, you know, I set out with this mission of what does an agency of the future look like? And it's actually not an agency. It's really just this collective that hopefully, you know, will do great work along the way. Amazing. Well, James, thank you so much yes. for being on the podcast. That was such an insightful and amazing conversation on our end. And I know our audience is going to take away a lot from it. Awesome, guys. Thank you for the invite. Appreciate it. Absolutely. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe to the Biz Bros podcast. Just go ahead and go on any uh, place that you listen to podcasts. Google us, Biz Bros. You're going to find it. Click that subscribe button. Find more episodes and more great guests just like James here on the Bizrose Podcast. And we'll see you on the next episode. See you guys.